Hello and welcome to episode two of George Brown College's Labor Fair Pandemic Edition. This year, for reasons our title indicates, we've decided to take our event fully online. Through videos and podcasts, we've aimed to document the actions and living discourse of the activists working in the streets and in the margins for fairness, equity, and social justice in an increasingly atomized and exploitative labor economy. Class consciousness begins by breaking down the dominant technological and sociological alienation so prevalent today. It begins by sharing stories and experiences. We're not going to change the world with social media, but it can help to get the word out. If you like what you hear, please like and share on social media, and be sure to follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Links are in the show notes. My name is Sarom Rowe, and I'm an organizer with Migrant Students United, which is a group of current and former international students uniting and fighting for fair rules, equal rights, and full and permanent immigration status for all. We're part of a workers' rights organization called the Migrant Workers' Alliance for Change, which has a membership of migrants in farm work, care work, and low-wage work, including current and former international students, refugees, and undocumented people. Uh, we also serve as the secretariat of the Migrant Rights Network, which is the largest migrant-led and migrant-allied cross-country coalition in Canada. So one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on for the podcast and the video was to talk about... Uh, migrant students. Can you talk a little bit about um, who international students are? Mm -hmm. International students are migrants. We are students, we are workers, we are migrant student workers. Um, each year, approximately 350,000 people get immigration or refugee status in Canada. Um, and this is called permanent resident status. Um, and after that, these folks have been here for a few years, they can apply for citizenship status. On the other hand, hundreds of thousands of migrants come to the country every year on temporary permits and are kept temporary. By keeping us temporary, we are denied equal rights um, and denied access to basic rights and services that protect others uh, in the country. Schools, employers, landlords, and big corporations make profit off of our temporariness. And there are more than 1.6 million of us here on temporary permits, and we are all migrants. And so there is, um, you know, there are farm workers who many of us have heard about. You know, a quarter of all food producers in Canada are migrants, which means that no food that has been put or pulled out of the ground hasn't been touched by migrant hands. Another section of migrants that um, uh, you know, many of us may know are migrant care workers. Care workers are mostly racialized women from the global south who take care of uh, the elderly, the sick, and children. And then there is a section of migrants that many of us may not have uh, traditionally considered as migrants, and these are current and former international students. According to the latest research uh, by Canada's own tax system, um, approximately 60% of current and former international students are uh, working, many in low-wage jobs. Um, you know, it's migrant student workers who are handling packages at warehouses, delivering food through cold and snow, working in uh, retail and food service, um, and, you know, stocking shelves overnight in grocery stores. Migrant student workers are essential workers. 
A uh, recent Auditor General's report in Ontario showed that while um, international students comprise uh, 30% of the total student uh, population, they contribute to um, almost 70% in the total tuition fee revenue. So what this shows is that this is a uh, the system of um, where education and immigration come together is a complete cash grab that targets um, you know poor and racial Specialized uh, families from the global south. And the report lays it out so clearly, right? This is a bait and switch system um, where people are called to show up, um, are promised PR, um, and come here on temporary permits and are kept temporary. What this does is create a series of crises. So, first, International students are forced to work in dangerous working conditions, working for low wages, without access to basic rights or, or social services or protections, in order to pay for these high tuition fees. These tuition fees have largely increased over the pandemic, um, and are, you know, many are working just to make ends meet. Again, many migrant student workers are in essential jobs, um, but their work isn't valued or counted toward permanent residency because it's considered low-waged and, you know, quote-unquote, low-skilled. We have seen, again, through COVID-19 that it's migrant student workers um, who are doing the work that sustains our societies and our communities. Um, but without equal rights and protections, this becomes a breeding ground for exploitation. Second, because of these impossible um, immigration um, and financial requirements, international students are facing a mental health dilemma. We know of at least nine reported um, uh, deaths by suicide and countless um, other deaths from stress-induced heart attacks, workplace accidents, um, and so forth. Clearly what we're seeing here is how immigration and labor laws work in tandem to hurt migrant lives. But there's an easy solution. And the solution is to just treat international students like everybody else, to ensure that they have equal rights, uh, dignity, and protections. And the only way to do that is to ensure full and permanent immigration status for all, not just current and former international students, but all migrant and undocumented people in the country. So if you've eaten today, uh, from the person who grew the food, to the one who packaged it, to the truck driver who drove it to the store, to the person who's cleaning the store, um, to the back of house worker at the restaurant, to the delivery courier and the driver, migrants made it happen. Migrants are your neighbors, are your friends, um, are in your workplace, um, and we're all essential. But we're excluded and we're exploited because we have temporary immigration status. We all want to live in a fair society, and COVID-19 has clearly shown us that in order to live in a fair society, everybody must have equal rights. And the only way for people to have equal rights is for all of us to have equal status, full and permanent immigration status for all. Many of us think that permanent residency is about the ability to stay or uh, leave the country, but it's so much more than that. PR is the only existing mechanism through which we can access basic rights, services, and protections. So you talked a little bit at the end about how COVID-19 impacted 
has has impacted things for contemporary workers, for us socially. Can you talk about what um, uh, you and the people you're organized alongside have um, learned from being in this COVID-19 scenario? What COVID-19 has done is exposed and worsened the fundamental injustices in our society. Um, you know, migrants for decades in this country have long been speaking up and making warnings, you know, unheeded warnings about what's going on and how this is a system um, that is deadly, right? Um, and for international students, uh, what COVID-19 has done is resulted in a huge loss of jobs, uh, hours, and livelihoods uh, for um, uh, both current and former international students. So for international students who are currently in school, um, study permit holders, at the same time that they've lost uh, wages and um, hours of work, tuition fees have largely increased over the pandemic. And one of the requirements um, of uh, maintaining a study permit is to maintain full-time enrollment at school. What this means is that if you can't pay for these extremely high tuition fees, um, you're facing deportation, or you uh, have to make the difficult choice to stay and become undocumented. And over the pandemic, um, you know, just Dozens of students have come forward saying that they've lost status and are now undocumented. International students who graduate receive um, a time-restricted uh, permit called the Postgraduate Work Permit. The Postgraduate Work Permit is a permit that is non-renewable, which means that you can only receive one uh, in your entire lifetime. Graduated international students are facing a similar crisis of um, losing work or being unable to find jobs, but there's the added stress of having to fulfill these very restrictive requirements for PR within the time that they have on their permits. The postgraduate work permit is, um, you know, ranges from one to three years, um, and again, it's non-renewable, which means that if you don't fulfill requirements for PR within that time, um, you are forced to leave the country or again stay in becoming un undocumented. For many of us, um, going back home is not an option because uh, so many of us have made massive sacrifices to come here. Families have taken out loans, have sold land and assets. Um, and so, you know, many going back home is not an option. The stress that uh, current and former international students are facing is massive because of the nearly impossible rules and requirements needed to qualify for permanent residency. Many uh, migrant student workers are working in essential jobs and these are considered low skilled because it's largely low wage. Um, and the, these are jobs in what's called the National Occupational Classification Code C and D. But for, in order to qualify for PR, you have to have um, work experience in NOC O, A, or B. These are managerial, uh, professional, or technical jobs. Even in the best of times, these jobs are nearly impossible to find for you know, racialized migrants. But in the middle of a pandemic, it's you know, nearly impossible, right? These NOC C and D jobs are the essential jobs uh, that sustain our economy and our uh, communities, but because it is low-waged and deemed low-skilled, it is not counted toward permanent residency. Migrant student workers are all essential workers, and yet they're excluded from basic rights and protections because um, in the existing immigration programs, it's nearly impossible for them to get PR. Last year, 
um, we saw that postgraduate work permit holders were facing a crisis on top of a crisis. Um, the PGWP is a time-restricted non-renewable permit, um, which means that migrant student workers can only get one in their entire lifetime. And so tens of thousands of migrant student workers were facing mass deportations. Their permits were either expired or expiring. And the only answers that they were getting from decision makers and politicians was, well, there are no, there's no other option, right? You have to either leave the country or stay and become undocumented. By organizing and coming together, sharing our stories and uniting, we're able to say that this is not uh, a solution that is acceptable. We tirelessly organized for changes, um, and we were able to win a one-time renewable postgraduate work permit, um, which stopped essentially stopped the deportation of over 52,000 migrant student workers. It also meant that they had a second chance to qualify for permanent residency. But again, this hasn't solved the key issues at hand. Um, the program for the uh, renewable postgraduate work permit is now has now ended, but this hasn't changed the key issues at hand because the postgraduate work permit remains a uh, non-renewable permit. This year, in 2022, Migrant Students United is organizing and fighting for an end to the 20-hour work limit on our study permits, permanently renewable postgraduate work permits for all, including private college students, and uh, full and permanent immigration status for all. We believe that all work is valuable work, um, and that includes work that current international students are doing on their study permits, um, work that is done during co-op, um, TA and RA work that is happening during graduate studies, as well as the uh, essential work that sustains our communities in uh, Knox C&D jobs. These are all, this is all work, and it should be valued toward permanent residency. It currently isn't, um, but we are fighting for changes because we know that um, you know we are this is the work that keeps our society moving we see how occupational status is used to devalue the work of uh, migrant workers and international students we also see how at the same time international students are essential not only in terms of the work that they offer COVID has just exposed that we need that. We need that work. The college system and the university system is also dependent, critically dependent upon international student tuition. So it's a very clear case of exploitation. What can people do? We, we understand the direness of the circumstance. What can people do to push back against this exploitation? There is a, you know, many of us have heard about how, you know, international students are treated at, as cash cows, right? Um, you know, many are paying nearly three to four times more in tuition than domestic students. And we're also in a uh, current moment where there has been years of um, cuts to funding for public education, right? Um, the Auditor General's report that I referred to earlier um, lays it out very clearly where you know, Ontario has one of, has been, you know, the public um, education system has been gutted, right? Which means that um, the schools are very heavily reliant on these exorbitant, 
you know, impossible tuition fees that international students are paying. At the same time, domestic students as well as, you know, uh, professors, instructors, educators, faculty are um, also facing um, a lot of pressure from the people at the top in these schools um, because they're squeezing um, everybody dry, right? We have a common uh, fight. We have a, a shared fight against a privatization agenda. Um, and so, you know, if by keeping, so again, the solution is to treat international students like everybody else, which is to ensure that everyone has um, equal status, and that's permanent resident status. But this is a shared fight amongst all of us who are fighting against the um, downward pressure um, of the people at the top who are making decisions that impact our lives, right? They are making profit off of our crisis and off of our temporariness. Um, and so by coming together and uniting, we're able to say that it's not actually a fight between teachers and students or even teachers against teachers, but it's a fight between uh, those of us who are part of the working class um, against uh, the people in power who make decisions that only serve their interests. Yeah, I think the common thread that you're underscoring is the form of exploitation that is evidenced not only in terms of migration status and migratory work, but also within the realm of professional fields, is that there is a two-tier system that's created. And it can be created around status, or it can be created around contract work. And it means that people have different access to the system, even though they're putting in the same work. Often, doing more work for less money because that status. I think what you're saying is, we have opportunity to share in that story, share in that consciousness of this machine of exploitation that um, we have that in common and we can organize against that, if I have it right. For sure. We are all seeing the effects of um, increasing precarity and temporariness in our jobs, um, in our contracts, and also in the immigration system. In the year 2000, you know, approximately 20 years ago, there were 60,000 temporary work permits that were issued in Canada. 20 years later, um, that number has risen to over 400,000. That's more than a 600% increase in temporariness. It's the immigration system system that facilitates this re revolving door of um, workers from the global south um, who are coming through, working, and are denied uh, permanent resident status, denied equal rights and protections, denied the ability to stay in the country. 1.6 million of us are here. We're already living, working, and studying here, but we're doing so without basic rights and protections. Um, and this kind of increasing temporariness is creeping into all these different kinds of systems. I think a great example is um, the boom in the gig economy, right, and gig work. Um, if you, many um, gig workers um, and food couriers are um, racialized migrants. Many are current and former international students. Um, and there is a shared fight here where um, the essential work that gig workers are doing to deliver food and packages um, is considered um, not real work and our um, gig workers are misclassified and don't have the same uh, rights as um, uh, other workers do. And then there's the double layer where um, w because you have temporary immigration status, this work doesn't isn't even counted toward permanent residency, right? So 
by having a logic of temporariness that is embedded in the immigration system, it serves the interest of the people who uh, profit off of temporariness, profit off of our crisis, profit off of our precarity. And so the solution then is to come together to unite um, and fight for equality and fight for dignity. Oh, yeah. So Rima Schuster works with the Student Association and kind of encounters um, a number of student queries. And something that in their experience is um, a relevant question uh, has to do with uh, work placements. My name is Rima and I coordinate the academic support program at the Student Association of George Brown College. Um, academic support works with students who are experiencing academic issues and barriers to fair education. There's no typical student or issue that academic support sees, but in the last few years, international students have made up a larger portion of our cases than before. And last year in the 2020-2021 school year, they accounted for nearly 50% of our cases, while only accounting for about 30% of the overall student population. Hey, Sarum. So college students are working at placements, co-ops, internships, many of which are unpaid. They're also juggling paid work, part-time, sometimes even full-time to afford tuition and living expenses. What measures are in place to protect these overworked, underpaid students juggling multiple and often precarious work? Migrant Students United is a migrant student worker-led movement, and we are people-powered. This means that we believe that our greatest uh, source of power, our greatest resource, um, the best measures, it lies within ourselves and lies within our unity with each other. When migrants have temporary status, it means that speaking up against um, uh, our employers or schools means that we face deportation, uh, hunger, often homelessness, um, because the uh, consequences are so severe. The limited and uh, few rights that migrants have in this country um, are very difficult to enforce when we always have the threat of deportation um, and termination hanging over our heads. But there are so many things that we can do uh, together that we can't do alone, and that is organizing. And organizing is the best measure and our best uh, resource to fight against the exploitation that's happening in our schools, in our workplaces, uh, with our landlords. And so the only uh, way to improve our situation is to uh, fight for full and permanent immigration status for all migrant and undocumented people and to build up our power as, as workers. Um, you know, we have to organize, connect with um, others like us um, and build up our power so that our communities stay permanently organized. So what would this look like? If you're a current or former international student, join Migrant Students United. Join uh, with others like you um, so that we can put our voices together and you know, make it clear that we deserve fairness, we deserve equality, we deserve dignity, and we deserve to be happy. You know, if you are in a workplace, start uh, regularly meeting and talking to your coworkers. Um, if you're not unionized, consider starting a union, unionization drive. Um, if you are in a union, go to union meetings. Um, and if you're a student, meet with fellow students at your school. 
If you are part of any team, a member of any organization, a part of any kind of uh, a sports team or religious organization, any group, um, start taking action on things that matter to you and to others like you. Um, and, uh, you know, the Justice for Workers campaign, um, and if you're a migrant, the Migrant Workers Alliance um, for Change are places for you uh, to do that, um, to gather with others like you, to take action together, um, and so that we can raise each other's confidence in being louder and bolder and more daring uh, to win the changes that we know we deserve. Um, and that is the only way that we're going to win. Um, you know, there is, COVID-19 has shown us that um, the, the people uh, who, uh, who profit off of uh, our crisis want to abandon us, want to abandon the working class, want to abandon racialized uh, migrants who are keeping our societies and our communities sustained. Um, but when you are in organization with others like you, they will not, your comrades will not abandon you. Because we know that worker power is forever and we'll never back down. If you're a current and former international student, uh, sign up and join Migrant Students United at migrantstudentsunited.ca. Um, you can also sign our um, uh, call for full and permanent immigration status for all migrant and undocumented people, which over 400 organizations across uh, Canada, that includes um, 8 million members, have signed on to, uh, to ensure that uh, we can build our power together and fight for a future that we all deserve. Beautiful. Thank you so much. This podcast could not have been made without the support and sponsorship of Unifor, the Toronto and Region Labour Council, the Community Care Centre of the Student Association at GBC, OPSUS, Local 556 and 557, big shouts, and the GBC Centre for Preparatory and Liberal Studies. Special thanks to Sarom and Migrant Students United. Please review the show notes to see video of this talk and to learn more about Migrant Students United, how to access their services, and how to get involved. And, of course, to access the rest of the fully digital GBC Labor Fair Pandemic Edition.